Welcome to the We Do Marketing Hour podcast. I'm your host, Alex Valencia. And our goal is to help you grow your business in the next 60 minutes. In each episode, we bring on experts in their respective fields and have an in-depth discussion that offer you the tools you need to create cutting-edge strategies that you can implement now in your business. Today, we have the opportunity to sit down with my friend, Jason Hennessy, where we're going to be talking about his brand new book that he just released, Law Firm SEO, Exposing the Google Algorithm to Help You Get More Cases. I've known Jason Hennessy for years, had the pleasure to work with him. He's a friend, a family man, super stoked to have him on the show and talk about his book. But more importantly, Jason's been reverse engineering the Google algorithm since the year 2000. He's super passionate about SEO. He's passionate about business and he's passionate about people and helping people grow. Super stoked to have him on today. Make sure you tune in to the We Do Marketing Hour. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you to another episode of the We Do Marketing Hour. Today, I am super stoked and honored to have my friend, colleague, partner on the show with us. And we're going to be talking about him, how he got started in SEO, how he's been reverse engineering the Google algorithm since the year 2000, and his new book, The Law Firm. Oh, let me get, I already had all my post-its. Law <laughs> Firm SEO book, exposing the Google algorithm to help you get more cases. We are a testament to this because we work on clients together. We know exactly how it works. I know these strategies are Bible. We work on them. We grow with them. So I'm excited for you to get it. We're going to be giving away a copy as well. So make sure you uh, holler at us so, so we can get you a copy if you haven't already ordered it because it already was on the top list on Amazon. Um, so you got better get a copy before they all get gone and taken away. Jason Hennessy, what is up, my brother? What is up, man? Like, it's interesting because like legal marketing is kind of like the mafia, man. Like just when I thought I was out and I sold my business, here comes like Don Alex Valencia pulls me back into the industry, man. You know, it's a uh, love to talk about how I got back into legal marketing. Uh, yeah, we'll get into that. Company. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, so I want to do like, I mean, every time we used to get on calls with with new clients back when we were doing the sales and, and business growth for, for ourselves, you know, we'd kind of go into the story and you tell it all the time at the bar when we're out at conferences. So I want everybody to understand what got you an SEO, that hustle that drives you, that brings you here, that risk taker that you have, the inner gambler that you just don't give a shit and you're going to try it because you believe in it and it's absolutely worth your testament to it. So why don't you uh, fill everybody in on the story on how J Jason got into SEO, and then we'll jump in on our relationship and a little bit on the book. Yeah, man. Well, uh, thanks for having me on the show. Um, so my journey in SEO starts uh, back in 2001. Um, I had just gotten out of the Air Force, the United States Air Force. I was living in Las Vegas, um, and I was going to college at UNLV. And my side gig while going to college was uh, DJing like weddings and parties and some nightclubs and stuff out there. And so uh, I was doing everything to kind of market my DJ business um, from advertising the yellow pages to, you know, even working as a radio personality out there as well. Um, and so the one thing that I couldn't tap into was 
how to connect with brides that were coming to Las Vegas as a destination wedding. And so I had this idea of developing a website and calling it Vegas Wedding Mall, where brides can come plan their wedding. And so I paid a developer about $5,000. It was done in a couple months. And after about a month after it was up, I'm like, nobody's coming to this stupid website. What the heck is going on? And so I reached out to the developer and I said, what, what's going on? It doesn't seem like it's working. And he said, oh, oh, traffic. Oh, that's called uh, like SEO or something. I don't do that. And so I bought a, a book. Uh, I searched. There wasn't a lot of books about that at that time. Um, and you don't know who to trust or who to believe. But it was a book by a guy by the name of Aaron Wall, who had a site called SEO book. And I read the book from start to, you know, front to back. I did it twice. And then I just started practicing. And and what started out as just kind of like a curiosity uh, turned more into a passion. And then I tried to buy other books and I just became a, like a vigorous student of it. And eventually that site started to do very well. Um, I ended up uh, building out Los Angeles Wedding Mall and Phoenix Wedding Mall. I had this secret, which was this SEO, which was pretty new. And then later on, I ended up selling that business, moving out to Atlanta. And then this is where the journey of how I got into legal marketing. So uh, I was in Atlanta living there and I was working side by side with a guy by the name of Brad Fallon, who had a company called StomperNet. And he was asked to speak at a legal marketing conference. And it was a bunch of DUI lawyers in Atlanta that met for like a mastermind group. And uh, he said, hey, man. I kind of know about this SEO stuff, but I don't really keep up with it. Would you mind kind of coming and giving a presentation with me? I'll get up there. I'll say a couple of things. And I'm like, sure. And he only gave me like a day's notice. So I put together a presentation. I'm like, what the hell? I don't know anything about legal marketing. And this is like 2008. And so I put together a presentation. I'm like, screw it. I'm just going to tell these, these lawyers how I was able to rank number one on Google for the word wedding favors, right? And it was applicable, right? You know. And so I got up there the next day and I'm like, look, guys, I apologize. I don't know uh, much about legal marketing of lawyers, but I do know about search engine optimization. And I'm going to go through the exact steps of what I would did to rank number one for wedding favors. And so in the audience was Seth Price. He was one of the uh, the attendees in this with date back, way back. This is when he was just like a, a lawyer, maybe with like two other lawyers. He was just getting started, you know, for the most part. And so I got up there. I gave this presentation. I was very transparent and giving them the exact ingredients and what they needed to do. And they could have left there and did it on their own. Uh, but when I got off the stage, a couple of people reached out to me and said, hey, that was awesome. I don't want to do SEO. You kind of know what you're doing. Is this something that you do for consulting? And, uh, and, you know, and that wasn't really my thing, but I'm like, sure, give me a couple of business cards. And so that was the genesis of what we created EverSpark Interactive. And then in walks Alex Valencia, <laughs> right? Because we attended like our, we had our, like six clients and then we started to attend conferences. And I think Pilma was one of them and uh, you're working for Case Ghost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was doing uh, some consulting and marketing for Case Coast while I was still trying to grow. We do web content. So it was a, a weird time for us where we were trying to figure out whether we were going to shit or get off the pot with our company because um, we were developing content and content strategy since 2008. But we were missing that back end SEO element where we try working with some other vendors. And you and I had met at so many conferences alongside with, with Yvette and you know, we just had such a really good relationship. So, you know, when, when you sold Everspark and you kind of appeared on Facebook, I told Yvette, I'm like, babe, you got to reach out to Jason and see what, what he's up to and see if he 
because we had a handful, probably like, I don't know what, 10 clients that were content only that if we didn't do anything different and they were loyal and they're still loyal, we probably still have most of those clients today. Mm -hmm. um, we might have not been able to keep them. And, and here comes uh, Jason playing tennis every day, trying to become a tennis pro. And we're <laughs> like, hey, dude, you interested in coming back to uh, to legal marketing and, and work with us and see if we could like turn over some of these clients? And you're like, all right, give me a couple of days and yeah. I'll figure it out. And <laughs> lo and behold, that's that's kind of what started our, our work relationship together and yeah. ruined your tennis career because you could have been yeah, playing. I could have been at the Olympics, <laughs> man, you know, right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, here we are. And, uh, you know, several five years later, working together on clients together, which is awesome. And thank you for that partnership. But, um, you know, let's let's talk a little bit about law firm SEO. What what drove you to the book, the, yeah. putting the book, the book together? I mean, you've been going through a lot of changes, right? You've got some a coach for this, a coach for that. You know, I want people to know exactly what the evolution of you is and and what what's in the future for Jason. Yeah. So, you know, to be honest, uh, the book was always like a bucket list thing. It's like, you know, everybody always says I should write a book someday. I should write a book someday. But what really should you write a book on? And, you know, and I think, you know, spending most of my adult life, two decades, right, um, in, in the field of SEO and legal marketing, you know, I think that's the only thing that I could have wrote a book on, right? Because um, I know it so intimately. And, um, you know, to be honest with you, the real reason that I wrote the book, um, you know, a lot of people write books, there's usually angles for writing a book, right? Um, with my book, I mean, there really isn't an angle. Um, like I truly want to give back. Um, and so I just took the time and, you know, during COVID, it was the perfect time, right? Because you're kind of like locked in a house, you can't travel as much. And, um, and I'm like, this is the perfect time. If I'm ever going to write a book, I'm not going to conferences every month. Let me just kind of sit down and just kind of do this. Um, and so uh, I just we got started and um, and I, I started plotting out what the book's going to look like, how it's going to work, what the chapters are going to be. And then we just got, you know, got to work. And, you know, and and the hardest part about writing a book is is continuing. Right. Because right. you like end up in chapter three and then you got life happens and you're like, you never really get back to it. And so I was just committed. And so uh, but again, you know, it was coming along and and um, I, I truly want to give back right so the problem with seo especially in the legal industry is there's a lot of bad practitioners and even some unethical people too um and you know and and, and in most cases when you mention the word seo like people are like oh you're one of those people okay you know what i mean it just has this negative kind of uh tone um and so i just wanted to kind of clear the air and i wanted people to actually become educated and empowered on truly how how magical seo is if it's done right right it could really make a radical difference to any business but particularly your law firm and so i just kind of put all the eggs you know on the table and i'm just like i i i just documented exactly what you need to do and 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 whether or not you're going to do seo as a lawyer like as you're like you could read the book and absolutely take action and start to do this yourself right 
But more importantly, if you're not going to do this, I just want them to be educated and empowered to hire a right team and actually to hold them accountable, right? So that nobody's ever getting taken advantage of. Whether you're right out of law school and you want to kind of learn or you run a hundred person law firm, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't matter. So that was kind of the goal with the book. And, you know, and then the second part is after I wrote the book, I'm like, I'm a visual learner, right? I hate books that are just all text. And so one of my favorite books is a book uh, called Rework. Um, and so when I reached out to my assistant, Catherine, who's awesome, um, I said, Catherine, I really want my book to have visual clues, like as I wrote the book. And so I spent a lot of money to get um, uh, an illustrator. And Catherine went and found the same illustrator that did all the illustrations for Rework. And his name is Mike Rohde. And that was like a New York Times bestseller. And so as you go through the book, um, you'll notice that there's some really good illustrations, yeah. right? So that's that's how I read. Um, it's very short chapters, right? So you have a sense of accomplishment. But I think there's a lot of good information that's jam-packed in there that anybody that has a law firm should pick up and read because I think uh, it'll give you a competitive advantage. Agreed. Uh, the illustrations were awesome. I love the font too. It just... Um... It makes it easy and fun reading. Kind of reminds me of, uh, and and not the simplicity of it, but um, um, oh my gosh, it's the children's books. Um, something oh, like, about being like like middle school or something middle school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh -huh. And as a matter of fact, because of red, I wore my red Air Force Ones oh, today. See, look, it matches, dude. I love <laughs> it. it matches the book. Um, but yeah, I love it. And, and I kind of want to go through it a little bit because um, I know we're pressed for time. But, mm -hmm. you know, let, let's start off with, you know, some of the tips and takeaways, you know, from SEL. That way, when, when people are listening, you know, they, they know what they're, what they're going to capture. Um, but I think I want to go um, ahead one chapter first and tell sure. people about, you know, Google algorithm and, you know, how it works and you know what the idea of reverse engineering that is and then kind of go back a little bit on on seo and and how that works alongside with the google algorithm yeah um yeah, and so, so as everybody knows i think that's like on you know page 23 on uh, in the book if, <laughs> imagine yeah. if people were reading along that'd be awesome see um, yeah no i think i think uh, you know it's uh, here's the thing about seo right it's very intimidating Right. Even when I first got started, I'm like, I don't know how to code. Uh, I don't think I'll ever know how to code. In fact, I still don't know how to code. Right. Um, and so when you go to like a Barnes and Noble and you want to buy a book on like SEO, it's it's intimidating because they say, you know, oh, yeah, you got to go over to the computer engineering section of the bookstore. Right. And then you go over there and it's like JavaScript books and Ajax and, you know, all of this like complicated words and acronyms that you never heard of. Right. But SEO doesn't have to be that complicated. It really doesn't. You know, at the end of the day, SEO is really um, it's it's to you know to what you you do at we do web content. It's a, it's a content play mostly, right? You know, sure, there's technical aspects of building a website, and there's a lot that goes into that. Um, and I don't think any lawyer, unless that's your background, like you would never really you know, go in and fix canonical tags. You know I mean? You want to have somebody that does that kind of stuff for you. And it is important, right? Um, and so there's really three aspects of SEO and, you know, and how I lay it out, it's pretty simple, right? There's 
There's the integrity of the website, right? And so that's so that Google can crawl the website and that the site loads fast and that, you know, you don't have duplicate content and that, you know, there's no like links that are broken, right? So there's all these things that I kind of talk about in the book. But the beauty is as somebody that owns a law firm, you don't know have to know how they fix it. You just need to know the tools to check to see if they fixed it, your your web development team or SEO, right? So for example, page speed, you don't need to know how to compress images to kind of speed up the site. You just need to know that there's a tool that Google offers called PageSpeed Insights that you push a button and it shows you whether or not you're you're passing or failing on mobile and desktop, right? So that's what I mean about making it not complicated. Um, and so that's the first aspect is the integrity of the website. The second aspect is just the content itself, right? Making sure that the content that you're publishing is satisfying the intent of whoever it is that's doing that search, right? Um, you know, and, and then there's ways that you have to kind of silo content and, you know, and I talk about that in the book, right? You know, a good example is like Wikipedia. I like to use that, right? If I go and type in just about any word on Google, like there's a chance that Wikipedia ranks in the top three and it's because right. Wikipedia became such a, a subject matter expert on everything. And if you look in the way in which like the content flows, you do a search for baseball, right? Wikipedia ranks number two. There's a whole page that has a lot of information about baseball, right? So if anybody wants to know what is baseball, you know, but then there's fielder's choice and a pitcher and what is a catcher and what is a, you know, a home run, right? And there's these links that link back in this building, this content silo, right? So that's, uh, you know, that's important is, is, is content. And I think where people make mistake with content is, um, a, not having a strategy, right? First of all, um, you know, it's one thing to just hire a writer just to write content without a strategy, but that's going to get you into trouble. Right. And then B, the other piece is you're not satisfying the intent of somebody that's doing a search, right? So like, I see a lot of people fail there where, you know, you do a search for like a dog bite lawyer in a city, right? And then you see a, like a page and it's like, hey, do you know that there is 1300 dog bites every year in the state of California, right? And it's like, they don't, they didn't want to know the history of dog bites. I mean, they're looking for a lawyer, like their son or daughter might've gotten bitten in the face. They want to know like, who's going to pay the medical bills? Right. What should I do? Right. Like you have to make sure that you're kind of burying, you could put the statistics lower, but you want to kind of, you know, put the more, more you know, have some compassion, right. Towards the situation when you're writing your content. So anyway, that's piece number two. And then the third piece is just making the website popular. Um, and so links of the currency on the web, uh, there's an entire section of the book here where I list out, like I went through, like before I wrote this book, I actually reverse engineered the uh, top three websites that were ranking on Google for every single like major market, like Sacramento personal injury lawyer, New York personal injury lawyer, Los Angeles, right? And I've got this whole spreadsheet of all of the links and I was looking for all of the patterns, right? And so what I did was I actually included the research that I found and the insights that I found in the book, right? So like this shows the top 25 legal directories that every lawyer should be on, regardless of if you get any business from being on Avo or fine law, sure, you might get business as a result of that, but just the link value alone will make your website rank higher on Google for your terms. And so there's that. I also talk about the top 50 foundational links that every law firm that I reverse engineered has. And then it goes into some of the media links and, and EDUs, colleges. So, you know, just that alone, that research 
Like I would probably charge $2,500 to get oh, access yeah, to that spreadsheet, sure. you know? So, sure. yeah, that's great information. I mean, that's, that's half the battle is getting in and working on those links. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so I love that that's included in there. And I know, I remember when you were telling me you were working on that, um, mm -hmm. you know, that's good information for every law firm to know. And if you get the book, you can make sure with your agency that those are being worked on. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the next one, you know, for those that don't know SEO, don't know exactly in, in its simplest form, what the algorithm does, right? Um, you know, exactly what it's doing, what it's crawling, when it's going through your site and what it's looking for um, and why that makes purpose. Um, you know, there's a section in the book where you where you talk about when Google's looking for it, there's a reason, right? For them to want to run ads they want more content. The more content that you're producing, the more opportunity Google has for running ads. So why don't we give a brief overview of, of why that is and, and go back to you know why the importance of content and, and how Google is actually looking at a page and looking at your site. Yeah, you know, Google wants to make sure that you are um, adding, right? Because without content, they're really, Google can't monetize, right? I mean, there's there's nothing to monetize if other people don't publish content on a regular basis because the way in which Google makes money is serving up ads around the organic results, right? right. And so um, that's one of the Google's mottos is, you know, they know that they're going to, you know, have access to so much information that their, their, their motto is not to be evil with that information, right? <laughs> um, and so because, uh, because that's how they make money, um, you know, they reward websites that continue to publish content on a regular basis, right? Um, and so as you're starting to publish, if you have a website and you just, you know, publish 10 pages and then you just check that box, you're like, okay, great, I got a website. There is no real chance that you're ever going to be competitive in your market, right. right? You want to be constantly giving back. You want to be publishing content. You want to be even and not just not just like the you know the transactional pages of you know Seattle personal injury lawyer. You know those are important, right? But also like pages that make a business a business. You know we want to know about your firm, right? We want to know what are the things that you do within the community. You know if there's press releases, you want to make sure that you're publishing that on your website. You know sometimes you know I even talk about publishing like a glossary for some of the the bigger words that, you know, normal people don't understand, right? As you're kind of mentioning, you can link back to the, to your glossary section, you know, a lot of FAQs, super important, right? Yep. I mean, every single day, you, your intake department is answering calls and people are asking questions. You should be going back and listening to the questions. You should be looking at your web chats. You should be looking at your, you know, your form submissions and seeing what people are, are or asking and then kind of going back and creating a content strategy around that. Right. And so there's an endless amount of content that you can create. Um, but again, you know, making sure that, that you are actually satisfying the intent of, uh, of somebody that's doing that search. Excellent. Um, and one of the other chapters you dive into relevancy, popularity, and, and integrity, mm -hmm. um, you know, can you talk a little bit about, um, you know, why high ranking websites have all these three components? Yeah, the trifecta. Um, you know, you could have a, a website that, um, uh, you know, let's just say it has, the site is perfect, right? It was, it was de developed by like, you know, the best developer in the world, right? 
Um, and let's just say you've got, you know, a, a lot of really good content, right? Uh, unfortunately, that's just two aspects of what it takes to rank on Google, right? Um, you know, the thing that makes uh, the sites that are ranking well on Google, um, like top ranking, is really the combination of those two. Yes, you need that. But the third piece is um, is the popularity, right? And so you got to, that's why I said you got to go in and like actually you know, be associated with all of these legal directories because Google puts a lot of trust in those legal directories. And there's something that's called page rank that flows over as you're associated with these legal directories. And there's also trust flow that flows over, right? So just by having a website that is technically sound and has really good content, that's just two pieces of the puzzle. You got to then include that third piece was the popularity. And then the other thing too, is sometimes we see things like where, um, the site has the trifecta, right? So they have the good technical and then they have the good content and they've got the popularity, but along some, somebody messes with something on the website and the images are, are not compressed. And all of a sudden the page speed goes down from like a 90, right? On page speed insights down to like a 17, right? Whether it's on mobile or desktop. So meaning that the site is slow to load where it used to be good. Like you will see, like you go from the first page of Google to page five, just as a result of your site now, you know, responding slowly, right? Because when you think about it, you know, Google wants to make sure that, that their customers, people that are searching, um, that they have a good user experience. And so if you're on the first page of Google and somebody clicks on your website and it takes nine, 10, 11 seconds to load, it's creating a bad user experience, right? And so if you think about it, it makes sense. They want to get you off of that first page right. over to page three so that the people can actually get answers to the questions that they're asking and within the search queries. Awesome. Awesome. Great, great information. Um, we also talk and dive into the strategy blueprint and, and you touched on this earlier where, you know, don't do anything without a strategy, but there's a full strategy too. Like there's the idea of building out the SEO strategy and even an architectural strategy of what the website should look like and how the pages should be laid out. Can you talk about what, what that blueprint should look like and what people should be looking at? Um, both when they're starting a brand new site or if they're going to be dealing on their current site. Yeah. Um, and that's where a lot of people uh, fail, just not because, they, you know, they're intentionally, you know, like being stubborn, but just because they're naive and they just don't understand. Um, and so right. what, what I mean by that is, you know, typically when you, when you think, when somebody says, hey, you should really, you know, get a website or you should get a new website, right? Well, what's the first thing that you think of? Okay, well, I need a good designer, you know, to help me design it, maybe rebrand my logo and, you know, what color choices should I use? Right. And that's all fine. And it's very important um, because you have to have a nice website because the other half of the battle is after you get the traffic, you got to convert them. Right? right. And so super important, but I think where lawyers fail is they just stop there. Right. And they're like, okay. And it's just the design, but really where the magic happens is in the in the way in which the architecture of the site is going to flow right knowing you know what pages that you need to to write you know do, are there are there um uh, do you have an faq section on the website what does that look like do you have uh, uh you know pages for all of the different practice areas that you that you follow are there different cities that you target do you have practice area pages for the different cities that surround your main uh you know location 
Um, and so in most cases, like what we do is while the web designer is designing the website, what we'll start to do is we'll start to blueprint the entire website in a spreadsheet, like an Excel spreadsheet or like a Google spreadsheet, you know, just so that we know that, you know, over the next six months, we're going to rewrite these 10 pages. We're going to um, publish. We're going to write uh, these FAQs. We're going to put together a glossary. And these pages are going to link to this page. And the H1 tag for this page is going to be this. And, you know, it's going to get a, it's going to seem a little bit more complicated. But um, but that's super important is making sure that you actually have a strategy. And like you said, a blueprint that that you're going to follow uh, when you are starting to kind of uh, architect both your SEO strategy or just a new redesign. Excellent. Um, now I kind of want to dive into the tips and takeaways. And we've talked about this quite a bit with, with clients and uh, you know consulting clients or, or someone that we met at a conference about either creating your digital marketing team or hiring a, you know firms like ours to help them with it, right? I know there's costs associated with it, but you know, for some firms, it might make sense for some not. You wanna to mm -hmm. touch on that a little bit? Yeah, um, and again, I, that's the real reason why I wrote the book is because you do have that choice, right? right. And there's tons of information, like you could take the information in the book, and this is me just receiving it this morning and from Amazon and mm -hmm. going through it, but just hearing, uh, you know, you talk about it for years, you could literally take this and and try to build the team around it if you want. Totally, to. totally. You know, I, I think what it really comes down to is, mm -hmm. um, you know, anything in life, right? You could invest either time or money, right? And so, for somebody that doesn't um, have a lot of money, and let's just say you got a lot of student debt and you're fresh out of law school, right? Um, you know, you you invest twenty five bucks, you get the book, you read it. Um, well, guess what? You don't have the money, the resources to go and hire like a We Do Web Content or, you know, Hennessy Digital. Um, but you probably have some time, right? And so by you investing your time reading the book and starting to practice and, and you know, asking a lot of questions and then becoming more passionate about this and watching YouTube videos, right? You can start to, you know, get a good grasp of this and and probably have a competitive advantage over somebody that, you know, is ignoring SEO, right? Um, you know, so that's one thing is you can invest time. Um, the other way that you can kind of go about this is if you don't have the time or if your time is spent better in the courtroom, well, then you could invest money. And, you know, when you invest money, you could either do two ways, right? You can bring in a marketing director and then it's just their responsibility and you give them the book and they're responsible for right. all of that now. And then they could either choose to build an internal team, right? Or they can go and hire an agency, right? That might have uh, expertise or experience in this, right? Um, but the beauty about the book is that, you know, it's going to arm you with all the information to make that choice. Like, is it going to make more sense with our law firm to build an in-house team? Is it going to make more sense for our law firm to just go out and hire an agency that already has? Because, you know, when you do have an agency, you there's a lot that comes with it. It's not just one person that does SEO, Right. Because SEO is broken out into so many different components from content creation to technical SEO to the PR and popularity of building links to conversion rate optimization to analytics. And, you know, there's so much that kind of goes in it. 
And so if you're going to build a team, you're going to make sure that you have multiple people that have skill sets and all of that, where sometimes by just hiring an agency, you pay one retainer and then you kind of get all of that. Right. So. Yeah, exactly. It's definitely never one person. And we see that a lot with the writing where a law firm or will come to us because they've hired writers, but it doesn't come with a strategy team. It doesn't come with an editor. It doesn't come with an optimizer. So there's still work on there and that they have to do. Um, mm -hmm. And that, you know, you talked about links and I want to segue into links. We kind of talked about foundational directory, but, you know, what creative links can a law firm be looking for or doing as far as PR outreach, something they could be doing internally as a, as a tip? Yeah. Um, you know, podcasting, what we're doing right now, right? Um, you know, you either being a guest on a podcast um, or even having your own podcast, right? Getting your voice out there. Um, you know, the other thing too about having a podcast is, you know, most people only have the perception of lawyers and what they see on TV. Right. Like, you know, you need a, you need a heavy hitter or call the strong arm and that's all good. Right. That's all brandable stuff, but they don't know the human beings behind those 30 second and 60 second commercials. Right. Um, and so I think by having a, a, a platform like a podcast, a, it allows you to create really good content B, you can start to bring in all kinds of guests, right, you know, to your platform, whether it's like the mayor of the city, the superintendent of schools, right, you know, all kinds of guests to bring in, right, and now you're actually interviewing people within the community, but as a result of that, people will see that stuff on social media, they'll share it, they'll like it, they'll link back to it, right, so I think that's one platform where I don't see a lot of lawyers really participating uh, actively, um, but then there's so many other things, you know, just becoming a contributor, becoming a thought leader, going out and writing for, um, you know, lawyers or entrepreneurs, right? You know, so going out and like becoming a contributor on, you know, you and I, right? You write for Forbes, entrepreneur, right? You know, going out and, and publishing content there about your journey as a, as, a, as a lawyer, as a struggling entrepreneur and the mistakes that you made, right? You know, becoming a, a contributor, um, that's pretty powerful, um, you know, there's all kinds of different strategies and tech, just doing things within the community um, right. as well, right? Um, you know, giving away um, tickets to the Hootie and the Blowfish concert that's coming up and, you know, and sharing it on social media. And, you know, there's so many different, you know, creative ways to kind of build links, but also give back to the community. Yeah, that's a great one. We, we have a client that did something really creative. They sponsored a, uh, like a big beach concert. And they gave away beach chairs. Yeah. And the beach chairs, every time any advertising or any video was being shot, most of the people watching the concert that were sitting were sitting in branded beach, beach chairs. chairs. It was like That's free awesome. advertising after, you know, that one sunk cost. Um, I love it. Um, and then, you know, not to mention all the social media play that that, that kind of gets. Um, yeah. I where kind of at our halfway mark and I have more questions, but I want to talk about negative SEO. We've talked about this in the past. We've had some really interesting conversations with some folks that, you know, study SEO, some that have learned about it enough to where know that it's dangerous, some that were intrigued by, all right, what can you do with negative SEO? But uh, what can people look out for? Um, and, um, you know, how it could, how it could hurt them. 
Yeah, this was such a um, an important aspect of of SEO that most don't even know about, and that's why it was important that I added a full chapter mm-hmm. about it um, because negative SEO can come in many different forms, right? Um, most law firms are probably using like a WordPress content management system, right? And so if you're not keeping WordPress up to date, right, there's new plugin updates that take place, you know, on a weekly basis, and you have to go in and make sure that you're keeping all of that stuff updated. The reason why there's so many updates is because there's vulnerabilities that come out, right? Because it's an open source platform, you get hackers that can figure out a way to get into your website through like a back door if you don't update those plugins, right? So it's super important to make sure you're doing that. And so by you just having a website, not realizing that you need to update plugins and you go a couple months and, you know, there's all kinds of vulnerabilities. Well, guess what? There's a real likelihood that somebody has maliciously kind of gotten into your website without you knowing it and injecting um, malware. Right. And so when you go to your website, um, you know, they're unbeknownst to you even knowing, you know, there might be like. Uh, pages that are selling like Ray-Bans, like sunglasses, right. right? Thousands of these different pages, right? Or Viagra or Cialis or, you know, any of those things, right? And I would be willing to bet that, you know, somebody that's even watching this video right now, um, you know, your site might be uh, harmed. It might be infected, right? So that's one form of negative SEO, right? Where they look for vulnerabilities. And that's probably the most uh, popular form of negative mm-hmm. SEO. Um, but then there's other like um, malicious, more malicious ways to kind of attack websites, right? So, you know, you might have a site that's doing very well. It's ranking number one in a market and it's taking a lot of the market share, right? Well, you know, somebody that's a little unethical can go in and actually do all kinds of different things, right? So they can create a clone of your website, you know, and put it on some server. And now it looks like there's duplicate content and you have to file like a DMCA request, right? So that's one thing. The other thing that they could do is they could start to build spammy backlinks back to your website to make your link profile look unnatural. Um, You know, so like where you have a website and it looks good and all of a sudden you have like, you know, 2,000, 3,000, 5,000 links coming in from like pornographic websites and and casinos and, you know, Viagra websites. And now it looks like your website just automatically kind of became unnatural, right? With the link profile. And so you have to kind of be on the lookout for that kind of stuff because it happens. Um, And then you have to go in and disavow it and go through your links. It's a process, but negative SEO is real. And I just want people to be aware of that. Excellent. Excellent. Um, I agree. How important is photo and video for your website and SEO? Super important. Um, you know, in fact, uh, I just had a client that texted me last night and he's like, Hey, is, is this one of your team members? And he sent me like an image. Um, and it was somebody that actually posted a photo that they took at, at their office right? And they published it on the GMB profile of the firm. And I'm like, no, I said that that wasn't any of us. That's just somebody that was at your office that just took a photo and uploaded it to your Google My Business Pro. It's the same thing as if you go to a restaurant and you you take a picture of the dish, the food dish that comes out because it looks so beautiful and you post it and it shows up. Like those are amazing signals. Like you want more people to do that. You know, I would encourage you to kind of say, hey, 
you know, look around, take a couple of photos, upload it to GMB. You know what I mean? Because what happens is that's actually a signal that is telling Google that people are actually coming to your office, that you're real. The geo coordinates are exactly where they say they are. Right. So you want to make sure that you're doing that. Right. Um, and so that's, you know, more on the Google local side. Um, but on your website, absolutely video and, 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 um, photos, super, super important. Um, you know, I, I don't, I'm not a big fan of, um, you know, posting a photo of like, we talked about the dog bite, right. Where, you know, it's like a dog bite lawyer. And then you go out and you find a shutterstock image of like a dog that's like, you know, drooling, like, because it's ready to attack. Right. The last thing you want to do is kind of create, um, you know, recreate what happened where, you know, somebody in your family got bit by a dog and they're coming to a page to get help. And then there's that picture of a dog, right. You know, that's about to attack, right. You know, or, you know, it's a truck accident. You just take a photo of Shutterstock and you upload a picture of a truck that, you know, smashed a car. Right. You know, so like, um, you know, just be careful of, of what you post. Um, and then videos are great. Um, you know, keep them short, couple minutes, like my, my recommendation is to embed the video on both YouTube. So publish the video on YouTube, then publish the same video on um, your website, but don't take the YouTube embed link, go and find a platform like Wistia or something where, you know, you can't leave the website, right? Because you're working right. so hard to get people to your website. You might be spending hundreds of thousand dollars a month on pay-per-click getting people to the page. And then there's a YouTube embed. And next thing you know, they're clicking over to YouTube, watching the video, and then they go off to YouTube. And now they're like, you know, watching concert videos and such, right? Forgetting the reason why they did that search in the first place. So keep the video on YouTube, embed it on something like Wistia or some kind of a platform that keeps it on your website. And then link back from YouTube to that page, right? So then now you're building links from YouTube. So there's a whole chapter that talks about the whole photo and video strategy too, though. And, and now uh, you touched on Google Maps and, and Google My Business a little bit on Google Local. What's the biggest mistake you see people making there? Uh, well, just um, setting up Google local, but not going in and actively using all of the tools that they give you from uploading photos and uploading video and filling out uh, as much of the profile that you can. Um, but I think the biggest mistake that I see people making with which is super important is not responding to reviews, right? So somebody comes in and they leave a review on Google My Business um, and especially if you're like a high volume firm and you're getting a lot of reviews, both positive and negative, you have to go in and actively respond to every single one of those reviews. Um, you know, that, that just shows, uh, Google that you are an active business, that you care about your clients, that, you know, um, it's just part of, part of the algorithm. So just kind of going in, getting reviews, first of all, you know, trying to get reviews and then actually responding to the reviews, every single one. What kind of content should they be posting to the Google local? Um, definitely lots of photos. Um, you know, I think that's important. Uh, videos give you a sense of the personality of the firm, right? So when people are coming to it, um, there's also something called Google post, 
um, you should be taking some of your, you know, your FAQs and some of your press releases and, you know, and actually promoting it there on, on the Google post uh, uh, tool that they provide. Um, and then just kind of looking at the data, right? I mean, there's a lot of uh, analytics and information back there to kind of see what's getting more click-through ratio, which photos are getting, you know, viewed more, um, you know, just make sure that when you, you're propagating your Google My Business profile, that you you make sure you put as much information as you can in there. You know, are there bathrooms? You know, is it wheelchair right. accessible? You know, the like, is it COVID uh, friendly? You know, I mean, there's all kinds of different things. Make sure you're going through and keeping that up to date and current. Excellent. Yeah. Um, well, you know, my brother, he has a B in the landscaping business and he does an amazing job. The guy doesn't know anything about SEO or marketing, but he, he took his Google My Business and his Instagram to a whole nother level by constantly posting, you know, good content, his videos and stuff. You know, I get a lot of the information from his Google My Business. So it says, you know, 150 people just looked at your picture, 150 people just checked your address. Um, so mm -hmm. totally important, especially if, you know, if you're a local person, um, totally advisable to uh, generate and, and put as much content as you can on there. If yep, anywhere it, else. He's very consistent. That's yeah, he is consistent. Because mm -hmm. consistent, consistent, consistent. Cool, man. So that's all I got as far as touching on the book. I did want to comment. I wanted to do this earlier because you've got some, uh, you know, great quotes from a lot of the people that we know in here. But what truly struck me was not only was the animation great, but this animation of Mike Mogul and having him do the forward um amazing strategic play i mean finding someone not only with his awesome background and a uh, great story but someone who has a slight skepticism to to what we do um doing mm -hmm. that forward was absolutely awesome and you know hands down to him for doing that but that i i love that uh you know when yvette when yvette saw it she's like oh my gosh look you got to go read this as soon as possible and again thank you so much for including yvette and i in the back of course. Um, it's funny. My wife and kids still don't know what I do. That was awesome. Needed to find. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, you know, congratulations. I love it. I love seeing the growth. Love working together with you with our, uh, you know, continued success. So now we're going to jump into some rapid fire questions. Before we do um, that, there, there's an audio book now, too, that just came out as well. So if you don't like to read, you can go download the audio book, too. Oh, that's it. awesome. And so. yeah, and we'll we'll get into um, some links on, on, on getting the book and, yeah. and how to get a hold of you. Yeah. Um, all right. Interview question. So what makes you feel inspired or like your best self? Uh, my children, man. Um, you know, my children, uh, make me a better person and, uh, and I'm inspired by them and in the way in which they kind of see the world and, uh, me guiding them through life. So that's, uh, that's my biggest inspiration. If you could have a billboard with anything on it, what would it be and why? I can have a billboard with anything on it. So I've got a, a podcast that I'm coming out with um, where I've got a Hennessy Studios and I record similar to this. So I think for me, it'd be in LA to promote my new podcast, uh, the Jason Hennessy podcast. Awesome. We're looking forward to that. Um, got to see a couple of the guests on there um, so far. So yeah. we're super excited. So check that out, Jason Hennessy podcast. Mm -hmm. um, and it's cool because you get to go to the studio and do that. 
if you could turn back time and talk to your 18 year old self, what would you say? And was this 18 year old already in the air force? <laughs> the HL note was yeah, shipped off from New York to, to Lackland air force base in Texas. Uh, so if I can go back and, and talk to my 18 year old self, um, you know, I think uh, for most of my uh, adult life, uh, I was kind of uh, making a living, you know, I was always kind of money motivated and sacrificing 12 hour days and not spending enough time. You know, I spent a lot of time with my family, but I was so money motivated that I would like work tirelessly. And so I probably took away some time from my family. Um, and so uh, and then the other thing is, you know, you, 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 I work most of my life to make a living. And so now I just want to try to work my life to make a difference. So that's key. Love it. If you could do anything to improve the legal industry, what would you do? Uh, continue to educate them. Um, you know, so like, I think this book is, uh, is, is the starting point um, because uh, you know, unfortunately there are some bad practitioners that try to uh, pry on lawyers and take advantage of them when things are a little bit nebulous. So I think uh, you know, the things that like Michael and Ken Hardison and, you know, constantly kind of having good, uh, platforms where people can continue to educate uh, the the market. How would your mom describe what you do? <laughs> he works with computers. <laughs> he works with computers or something oh. like that. Yeah. <laughs> What's your morning routine look like? It's changed a lot. Um, you know. Uh, right now, I I have a, a delivery service that that brings in food and juice, uh, every day. Um, and so I start off with like a green juice. Um, and then, you know, I, I have a portion control, uh, food. I'm like trying to kind of get, you know, into that healthy kick. Um, you know, I'll go for, I'll go for a walk. I actually blocked off my schedule from six to nine, whereas I would start my day at six o'clock with meetings and stuff. And so now it's completely blocked off. I exercise, go to, you know, go to the gym, whatever I got to do. And then I just kind of get focused and have go through my day. Nice. Good job. Mm -hmm. If you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? Uh, probably where we're going to move next year uh, to like uh, Newport Beach, Laguna area. I think, I think that's beautiful, but I like to travel, you know, so like it'd be nice to have a, a you know, base there, but then to kind of go to Italy for, you know, a couple months and go, you know, so we'll see. What is the best insult you've ever received? The best insult I've ever received. Um, uh, An insult you've received that you're proud of. <laughs> uh, you know what? Like, uh, I've got friends that are like kind of GQ models, you know, like, and so, uh, I, I, I had to use my charm and my humor. Um, so I like you. You're funny. Like <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've heard that. I've heard there that. you go. Right. Uh, if you could have coffee with any historical figure, who would you choose? You know, I probably go meet. I'd go sit down with Elvis Presley. Oh, um, well, that'd be cool. I think that would be cool. Right. Because he was a social influencer before there was such thing as social yeah. influencing. And he did it without the internet where, 
you know, different cities couldn't even communicate to each other, you know? And so it's really interesting how he was able to kind of be such an impact on culture, right? Yeah. Without Dude. all of the tools that we have now. And he really had true talent, right? So I think uh, that would be cool. Are you an introvert or extrovert? So I think there's a new thing where you're kind of both. Yeah, um, there is, right? I've read that. Yeah, I think, you know, like, for instance, you know, I can get on stage and talk to 5,000 people, right? And I'm comfortable and confident, right? Um, but sometimes when I'm in like a group setting of like 12 people, right? Um, you know, sometimes I might feel a little uncomfortable and I might go back to the room just because I'm just a little overwhelmed, right? So like, it's a, I guess some kind of a mixture of both, I guess. Mm -hmm. It's weird. Agreed. Agreed. What uh, do you think the world will look like in 50 years? So in 50 years, it's funny. I was just having uh, this conversation with uh, a friend, Braden Pollock, um, because he sells like domain names and stuff like that. And I'm like, what's the future of email? I'm like, you know, same thing with like voicemail, right? Like you call my son and it's like, this person has not set up a voicemail, right? right? You know what <laughs> I mean? Like they don't use voicemail, you know, they don't use email, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they just DM each other on Snapchat or, D, you know, Instagram. And so um, I'd be really curious to see if we're still using, um, uh, uh, you know, email um, and voicemail within the next, let's say 10 years. But as you say, 50 years, um, I think uh, people will probably be living to 150 years old just with, uh, you know, technology and, and, and medicine. So I think uh, people might be, you might see like 150 year old people kind of going to legal marketing <laughs> conferences, <laughs> man, it might be weird. Yeah. Um, with lots of robots and stuff. Yeah. 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 Definitely a lot of AI. Mm -hmm. What's your biggest pet peeve? uh big is negative energy man negative energy um you know i i feel that you know everybody works up with a wakes up with a full tank of energy yep. right and you can choose whether or not you want to use the negative energy or positive energy right and so for me it's like when you stand around and people are complaining about this and complaining about the traffic and the news and covid and it's like you're choosing to be negative right right and so for me that's just my pet peeve i i prefer uh positive energy um because it's contagious and negative energy is contagious and i like to i like to you know uh share the the positive stuff that's obvious with your social media for sure um <laughs> And always being around you. So for sure. Well, we're all set. Jason, congrats again on the book. Tell us where they can get it. A little bit more about your podcast, how they can get a hold of you. Um, again, we're going to be giving one away. So Dina, look out for an email from Dina on getting a free copy of the book. Great. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, so the book is on Amazon. It's it's a bestseller already in three categories. I'm I'm blessed for that. I've got a lot of friends like you that have shared it. Thank you so much for that. Um, and uh, so that you could also download the audio version, which is really good um, as well. If if you're a person that likes to like go on a walk or go to the gym, did you do the voice? Who did the voice for that? I did not do the voice. There was a professional voiceover artist that I selected that did a really good job. He kind of oh. sounds like my voice, so that's why I chose him. 
Um, and as far as getting in touch with me, uh, Jason at Hennessy, H-E-N-N-E-S-S-E-Y.com or on Instagram, just Jason Hennessy. All right. You heard it here, folks. Thanks so much, Jason, for being on, man. It's a pleasure being your friend. Um, look forward to seeing you again soon. Make sure you get a copy of the book, Law Firm SEO. Um, I mean, these it doesn't have to be just a law firm, right? The guidelines here are for any business that you want to do. We've known it. It's proven. We've seen it happen. It can work for you too. But love you, man. Thank you so much for being on. Congrats and God bless with all the continued success. Give that big baby a kiss for me. Yeah, love you in the family, buddy. Thank you for everything you do, man. Appreciate you. Later, brother. Later.